Joe Biden unleashes an interminable soporific address to Congress and puts America completely to sleep while preaching insane radical leftism. So everything's great. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. You have a right to privacy. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com slash Ben. So that was terrible. I mean, legit terrible in every possible way. That was the worst address to a joint session of Congress I've ever seen. I hate these things generally. And you can go back. You can listen to my episodes about addresses to joint sessions of Congress. I hate the monarchical aspect of it. I hate the president wandering in and then everybody cheering. Yay, it's the president. We're so excited. And we treat him like he's a king. And then everybody stands in cheers for everything he says. The president is a plumber. He has a specific job to do. So I hate that from the beginning. But this was really, really bad. It was a barely conscious old dotard mumbling at you for an hour and a half about how he was going to spend more money than God has ever created on a variety of proposals that will completely reshape the nature of American government. And honest to God, I I almost wonder whether the strategy is he's going to bludgeon you into unconsciousness. And then while you're unconscious, he's just going to loot your pockets. He's basically Cardi B. He's just going to bludgeon you into unconsciousness. And then he's just going to rob you, right? That's the actual I think, premise of the Biden premises of the Biden presidency, because here's the thing. The Democratic Party needs Joe Biden. They need Joe Biden specifically because he is this, because he cannot hold it together, because he starts mumbling and wandering off into cornfields, because he is not threatening. As I have suggested, President Houseplants is there to hide the water stain and the water stain is growing. He's exacerbating the water stain, but they need him there to hide the water stain because if it were Kamala Harris, co-president Harris out there making a speech about how she was going to spend $10 trillion, $10 trillion. They keep saying $6 trillion. It's not $6 trillion. This is aside from the $4 trillion budget. $10 trillion. If it were Kamala Harris saying this, everybody would be like, wow, that sounds kind of radical. But, be cool. but because it is this old man they wheeled in on a gurney who can barely string together a full paragraph, we're now supposed to believe that it's all moderate and fine. So, I mean, maybe the, maybe the bug is the feature. Maybe the fact that Joe Biden is a horrible speaker, maybe the fact that he is in obvious cognitive decline, maybe the fact that Joe Biden was almost inaudible last night. Maybe that's the feature. And then there is the optics of the situation. So we're supposed to believe that we're on this optimistic upswing because you know what? We should be. The pandemic is coming to an end. A huge percentage of Americans have been vaccinated. And Joe Biden was out there touting that. But he's in a chamber where people are socially distanced and masked. Every single human in that chamber was vaccinated. Every single one. You know what would have been a great message if you actually want to push vaccinations? If you want to push hope, what you would have done is you would have filled the chamber with vaccinated people. You would have said, all these people are vaccinated, which means they're back to regular life and you can be too. But Joe Biden can't say that, you see, because if Joe Biden were to say that, then he wouldn't have any lever with which to cram into law all of the spending. Joe Biden's entire presidency is premised on the notion that there's a giant crisis out there and he has a bunch of manufactured crises like income inequality or racial inequity or climate change. Again, some of these things are real problems, particularly particularly climate change is a problem over the course of the century, but it is a solvable problem. It's an adaptable problem. It is not a crisis. He needs an actual crisis. So conveniently for him, we just had one of the biggest crises in modern history. We had this pandemic, but the problem for him is that the pandemic is now basically over. If you live in a red state, you know the pandemic is over because everybody is back to normal. They are living their lives. So Joe Biden has to continue to maintain that the pandemic is still crippling America. Yeah, eventually we'll get out of it. Eventually. Because he can't acknowledge if it's over now, then we don't need any of his garbage spending programs that are going to bankrupt the country, destroy the American dollar, raise inflation, kill investment rates. He, we don't need any of that crap, right? As it comes to an end, we are going to go back to the economy we had just before the pandemic, which was the strongest economy in 50 years by all available metrics. So he has to prolong the pandemic. So instead, you got this bizarre optics of Joe Biden vaccinated in a chamber with 200 other people all vaccinated, socially distanced, and then you'd have a shot of the crowd And he's supposed to be exciting us, right? This is supposed to be the optimistic wave of the future. You look out and it looks like what the inside of Joe Biden's brain must look like. Just a bunch of empty space with an occasional human here and there. Right? It's, it's, it was bizarro world. Frankly, I don't even know why the Republicans masked. They shouldn't have. They should have gone in there and they should have said, listen, you want to take me out of here? I'm vaccinated. You're going to have to explain to people why I need a mask when I'm both vaccinated and socially distanced. The, the whole idea here from the Biden administration is to continue to promote COVID panic so they can ram through a bunch of policy. And they're going to tell you that their policy is not radical because this boring old man is pushing it. 
because this dude who sounds like your grandpa, not like your grandpa, like when he was in his 60s and he was fun and you go go-karting with him, but your grandpa when he was in his 80s and you had to start thinking about whether you were going to move him into a nursing home. That guy is going to cram into policy a bunch of radical stuff, but it's not radical because, of course, he speaks like a gentleman. Because how could that guy be threatening? How could that, that guy be radical? So, again, I think the Democratic Party needs him. I think they need this. I, so that was the speech last night. And it was bizarre. I mean, he lied over and over and over again. He said a bunch of things that were just weird. He, he cannot speak. I, I can't get over the fact that there are still people in the media who are attempting to proclaim that Joe Biden is with us. He is not with us. He has not been with us for some time. It's very sad. He's the elected president of the United States. It makes me sad for the country that the elected president of the United States is a person who, honest to God, cannot get through a speech in a coherent fashion. That was not coherent last night. I mean, here was Joe Biden, just a little taste. Here was Joe Biden stumbling over himself. This is not because Joe Biden had a stammer that he overcame, which is, again, an act of tremendous strength. This has nothing to do with the stammer because for most of his career, he didn't speak like this. He only speaks like this now because he's old and because he's becoming an adult. Here is Joe Biden last night, just stumbling all over himself. With regard to Russia, I know it concerns some of you, but I made very clear to Putin that we're not going to seek ex- 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 excuse me, escalation. I said before the speech that watching Biden speak just as an American is like watching Nick Willenda walk over a volcano. You just know there's going to be a point where there's like, oh man, you're, like I hope he's... Ew. Right. Like every so often they should cut live to him every time he goes up and down the stairs of Air Force One because you could be watching history in the making. Okay, that's the pitch for Joe Biden. Okay, so we're going to get into the actual content of the speech in just one moment, because the entire thing here about how we have to generate enthusiasm for a president who clearly not only is someone who we should be unenthusiastic about, but who is promoting policies that would make LBJ and FDR blush, make Barack Obama blush for that matter. It's pretty astonishing. It really is. I gave a preview last night on the Daily Wire backstage of what I thought it was going to sound like. And it was pretty dead on. It was pretty dead on. So we'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the underwear that currently grace your tuchus. When you're wearing Tommy John underwear, you're that much more comfortable. You can do everything better. That's why Tommy John doesn't just have customers. They have fanatics. It is true. Tommy John underwear are fantastic. I've thrown away all other underwear that I have because Tommy John is just that good. They have hundreds of thousands of fanatics. But after 13 years and tens of thousands of five-star reviews, call Tommy John the most comfortable underwear ever. Because with dozens of comfort innovations, once you've tried Tommy John underwear, you're never going back. That lightweight, breathable, moisture-wicking fabric, four times the stretch of competing brands. 13 million pairs sold. Men across America love Tommy John underwear. And if you're not sure what to get for the moms in your life this Mother's Day, Tommy John's Dreamily Soft Loungewear is the pampering gift they'll want to put on the second they unwrap it and never take it off. My wife has Tommy John stuff too. She loves it as well. It really is fantastic, fantastic stuff. Right now, get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Again, that's 20% off your first order of underwear and loungewear at tommyjohn.com slash Ben. That's tommyjohn.com slash Ben. See site for details and get 20% off with your first order at tommyjohn.com slash Ben. Okay, so let's just jump right into Joe Biden's speech. So he began last night, as you knew he would with, and everything is histomagable, historical. Behind me stands Kamala Harris, the president of the United States, who has so in a, important because she is both very woman and very black. And that's the important thing. Here was Joe Biden last night doing exactly. I, I made fun of him, jokingly suggesting this was how he was going to open. And then he opened that way. He's just a parody of himself. Madam Vice President, no president has ever said those words from this podium. No president has ever said those words. And it's about time. Okay, then we got to his main pitch. So his main pitch was everything sucked. And then I arrived and everything was unbelievably great. Incredible. Here I am, an old man in a, in a nearly empty chamber with a bunch of people who are uselessly masked. And yet everything is unbelievably great. He said, you know, when I inherited a nation that was basically done, we were toast. And then along came me. They wheeled me in on his gurney and strapped me. Propped me up upright. I stood there. And the light, it came down and shined on my bald pate. Here he was, the President of the United States. I stand here tonight, one day shy of the 100th day of my administration. 100 days since I took the oath of office and lifted my hand off our family Bible 
and inherited a nation, we all did, that was in crisis. The worst pandemic in a century. The worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. The worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Now, after just 100 days, I can report to the nation, America is on the move again. Parallel the possibility, crisis to opportunity, setbacks in the strength. So one thing you're going to notice over the course of this speech, because we're going to play a lot of it, is how he actively physically declined in the course of the speech alone. Right here, he's still awake. By the end, he is not. By the end, he's just som- somnambulant. He's just sleepwalking. Okay, so there are a few things here that are worthy of note. One, he just suggested that January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Um, I have some notes. So Joe Biden has been alive since the Civil War, so he should remember all of these things. How about preventing black people from doing things like voting for a century after the Civil War through Jim Crow laws? How about preventing black people from going to the same schools as white people? How about, you know, the internment of the Japanese? We could go with hmm, World War One, World War Two. We could theoretically go with the Cold War. We could go with Jan- we could go with September 11th. We could go with Pearl Harbor. We could go with the assassination of four separate presidents between the Civil War and now and the shooting of a fifth, President Reagan. We could go with, the, the, in fact, I can name like many, many things, many of things that are worse than January 6th, in which a bunch of clowns and morons decided to invade the Capitol because they wanted to stop democracy from moving forward. And within an hour after they were out of the Capitol building, the entire Congress was back in doing exact. See, here's the thing about existential crises to democracy, existential authoritarian threats. They don't end the same day they are started. That is not how things happen when you have an existential threat to the democracy. Okay, so that's just a lie. I mean, this... January 6th, I talked about it. I said it was some of the worst imagery for the United States politically since 9-11 because to have people ransacking the Capitol is really bad. To say that it's the worst crisis of democracy that we've had since the Civil War is patently crazy. It's full-on insane. I mean, full crazy towns. But we're supposed to just believe this because, again, the contrast that the media and that Biden have created is this narrative wherein all was darkness. And then the bringer of light, Joe Biden, 9,000 years old, career politician, corrupt as all get out, congenital liar. This guy, he's going to come. And then the light shone down and the angels descended. If you believe this, it's because you're a sucker. It's because you're a sucker. And then Joe Biden decided, you know what? It's time to lie to you. So here, first of all, it's a giant lie that we were basically toast on January. When he took office, we were toast. We were already starting to tranch out the vaccines. The pandemic was already starting to end. In economies everywhere, we're starting to get on the move, right? This was obviously true. But according to Joe Biden, everything sucked. And then he jumped in front of the parade that was already moving. He started twirling a baton and dropping it every so often. But it's all him, man. It was all him. So here was Joe Biden just lying. I mean, this is just a lie. He starts talking about how he, I made a solemn promise, Ubi, to give 100 million shopadoos in 100 days. Okay, we were already giving a million shots a day. By the time Joe Biden entered office, already giving a million shots a day, there is no marked difference in the trajectory of increase in the number of shots being given per day before Biden took office and after. If Biden were really that great, what you would expect is an exponential trajectory. You expect super slow under Trump and then boom, it pops up under Biden. Now what happened? You have an arithmetic growth. You have just a straight line, which means he was just carrying out plans that were already left to him and using a vaccine that was already left to him. But here he is taking credit for for some reason, exceeding the boundaries of a promise that he made that we were already meeting. It's just ridiculous. Here he was. After I promised we'd get 100 million COVID-19 vaccine shots into people's arms in 100 days, we will have provided over 220 million COVID shots in those 100 days. When I was sworn in on January 20th, less than 1% of the seniors in America were fully vaccinated against COVID-19. 100 days later, 70% of seniors in America, over 65, are protected, fully protected. Senior deaths from COVID-19 are down 80% since January. Down 80% because of all of you. Okay, so um, quick note. There were 1% of seniors vaccinated when he took office because we were just starting to tranche out the vaccine. It wasn't because Trump was holding back the vaccine and Joe Biden suddenly unleashed it upon an unsuspecting nation. But don't worry, the media will go right along with it. Don't worry, they'll go right along with this idea that Joe Biden has somehow revitalized America, even though he has done, as far as I'm aware, precisely nothing to revitalize America except scare the living crap out of everybody who cares about individual rights. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, you know, Mother's Day is coming up. You know, it's a great gift for mom, 
for your wife, for any mother in your life. The Pearl Source. Get the highest quality pearl jewelry at up to 70% off retail prices. Pearl Source cuts out the middleman by eliminating traditional five times markup by jewelry stores and selling directly to you, the consumer. They have the largest selection of pearls available anywhere. Each jewelry piece is custom made for you. The Pearl Source offers fast and free two-day shipping on every order with zero contact delivery. Everything comes beautifully packaged in an elegant jewelry box. It's ready to be given as a gift. Comes with a no-hassle 60-day money-back guarantee, so it is risk-free. Plus, with more than 20 years in the pearl business and nearly 12,000 five-star reviews, you can be sure you are shopping from a trusted retailer. So don't overpay for jewelry. Go to the Pearl Source. Save up to 70% off of retail prices. I love the jewelry that I've gotten from my wife from the Pearl Source. I know the people who own it. They're super, super honorable. They are super honest. You're going to be getting a great deal and a great piece of jewelry. For a limited time, listeners to my show can take 20% off your entire order for Mother's Day. Go to thepearlsource.com slash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout for 20% off your entire order. If you want fine pearl jewelry at the best prices online, go straight to the source, the Pearl Source. That's thepearlsource.com backslash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout thepearlsource.com slash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout and take 20% off your entire Mother's Day order. They are fantastic. You're really going to enjoy the gift and so will the mother in your life. Okay, so Joe Biden then continues and he suggests that the American Rescue Plan, which was basically just sending people a bunch of checks, has somehow saved the economy and created new jobs. Now, here's the thing. The jobs are already being created because people were going back to work. In fact, one of the things the American Rescue Plan has done is tranch out these checks to people, raising inflation on commodities to an extraordinary level, and also driven people out of the workforce because they are making more money by taking money from the government at this point than they are by going back into the workforce. If you talk to small business owners everywhere across America, they are trying to hire people to scale up for the demand, and they can't because people aren't working. When he says the economy created 1.3 million new jobs in 100 days because of Joe Biden, that's a lie. The economy, the government doesn't create jobs. You create jobs. I create jobs. I know because we've been hiring people at Daily Wire. Joe Biden didn't create those jobs. It's amazing. The same people in the Democratic Party, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Barack Obama. You didn't build that. You didn't create that. You know what? I'm the one who signed in the damn paycheck, so I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure it is not Joe Biden who is confiscating my money and then handing it to people not to work. I'm fairly certain you are not creating the jobs, sir. Here is Joe Biden claiming credit for an economic growth bubble that has really nothing to do with him. And maybe most importantly, thanks to the American Rescue Plan, we're on track to cut child poverty in America in half this year. And in the process, while this was all going on, the economy created more than 1,300,000 new jobs in 100 days. More jobs in the first 100 days than any president on record. Okay, so um, just one note here, that when he says that he's going to cut child poverty in America in half this year, Democrats believe that the way that you cut poverty is just signing people checks. What they don't understand is that the way you actually solve poverty is by incentivizing people to make good, solid decisions that raise them from poverty permanently. If you just keep signing checks to people who are in poverty, incentivizing them not to make the decisions that actually better their lives, you're not curing poverty. If signing checks cured poverty, $22 trillion in the war on poverty would have raised Americans from the from below the poverty line. By percentage, the same Americans are now living below the poverty line as we're living below the poverty line before the so-called war on poverty. In any case, this is all part and parcel of Joe Biden's plan to build back badambadoo. Bananas badale build back. The alliteration will save America. Here is Joe Biden talking about building back better badangu. We have to do more than just build back better. We build back, we have to build back better. Mm. We have to compete more strenuously than we have. Throughout our history, if you think about it, public investment in infrastructure has literally transformed America. That's why I proposed the American Jobs Plan, a once-in-a-generation investment in America itself. This is the largest jobs plan since World War II. Okay, that is not an investment. See, investments are where you take a risk. Investments are not where I steal your money and hand it to a third party. That's not an investment. That's called redistribution. When he says that we, I have a question. Why do we need the largest jobs plan since World War II? We picked up 1.3 million jobs in the last three months. Why do we need it? We had record low unemployment before the pandemic. The pandemic's ending. People will go back to work. Why do we need your biggest, is this World War II? Was it, did I miss the part where we're in the middle of a global world war involving the draft militarization of the entire male population of the United States? Did I miss that part? Because uh, I don't see it. I don't see it. All this is, is just an excuse to radically expand spending. See, here's the thing about Joe Biden's presidency. He's a one-term president. And we all know it. Over the course of this speech, you will see Joe Biden decline physically over the course of just a speech. 
hey, this dude is not serving a second term. He's not running for re-election. He's not serving a second term. So he, D-G-A-F. Okay, at this point, he doesn't care. He's going for broke because he has a very small window in which to push through all of his world-beating legislation so that the history books one day can treat him as a transformational president, even though he himself declared he was just going to be a bridge to the next Democrat. That he was going to be a moderate who restored normalcy. But he doesn't actually want that. You see, he wants the, the history books to treat him as a transformational figure. But here's the thing. By 2022, he's going to lose the House. The American people aren't going to like what he is doing. In fact, the American people right now are not particularly fond of many of his policies. And that's with this enormous bubble that is being created. This is with the end of the pandemic. He still ain't that popular. He's barely above 50%. Under normal conditions, the dude should be at 70%. Okay, but he's at 50 and that's going to decline because it's only that ratchet only works one way for Joe Biden. So is a very short period of time in which to cram all this stuff through. So he is going for broke. That is all this is. Joe Biden knows there will be no second term. Joe Biden knows in all likelihood he is not going to have control of Congress in two years. And he knows that the pandemic is coming to an end. So he doesn't even have an excuse for doing all this crap. So it's just, you know what? I'm going to push everything I can through. Caution to the wind. Femme and Louise. Pedal to the metal. Over that cliff. Let's just do this thing. So it's everything. It's not it's not some things, but not other things. It's not a prudent decision-making process about what to do and what not to do. It's do all the things at once and D-G-A-F, the D-G-A-F, Joe Biden presidency, which is precisely the opposite of what he campaigned on. He campaigned on restoration of politics as normal, restoration of bipartisanship, restoration of a certain solidity and a certain incrementalism in American governance. And then he comes into office and he's like, you know, what if I just spend more money than has ever been created in the history of mankind? What if I just do that? What if I just completely remake the relationship between individuals and the government? What if I do that? There's going to be such a backlash to this and he doesn't even see it. I don't think he even, maybe doesn't care. Maybe doesn't care because he figures he has a short time window anyway. So you know what? If the American people don't like it, tough. I'll just run right over them because for a, for a short time, he can lie to people and people will believe him. And then as they become disillusioned, they won't believe him anymore, but it will be too late because he will already have shifted the entire nature of the federal government. Okay, so it's all the things. Last night, he didn't just stop there. He continued by suggesting that we don't just need the American jobs plan. We, we need a bunch of other stuff as well. So he says the American jobs plan is going, to, is going to put people to work in America building wind turbines. Yes, wind turbines will save the American economy. Here's Joe Biden talking about another Green, deal, new, green new Deal debacle. For too long, we failed to use the most important word when it comes to meeting the climate crisis. Jobs. Jobs. For me, when I think climate change, I think jobs. The American Jobs Plan will put engineers and construction workers to work building more energy-efficient buildings and homes, electrical workers, IBEW members installing 500,000 charging stations along our highways. There is simply no reason why the blades for wind turbines can't be built in Pittsburgh instead of Beijing. That'll save the country. That, uh, no reason. We'll build wind turbines in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Okay, then he gets into, you know what? Not just that. We got to pay off all of his cronies. So he says, you know who built this country? Unions built this country. Weird, because unionization in the United States really didn't become a thing until the early 20th century, late 19th century. So strange, because it seems like there's a lot of the country that was built by that point. But says Joe Biden, Wall Street didn't build this country. The middle class built this country. Okay, this kind of language is completely inappropriate for how economics works in the United States. The United States does not have defined classes. Most people in the United States will occupy more than one class rung throughout their life. And most people in the United States will start off not making a lot of money when they're 20. And then by the time they're 30, they'll make more money. By the time they're 40, they'll make even more money. And by the time they retire, they will be upper middle class or, or upper class because people make more money over the course of their lives. But the way that Democrats talk about economics is that you're a middle class person and you're stuck in the middle class forever. And you're the person who built the country because you were once in the middle class. Guess what? I was once middle class. Now I don't earn like a middle class person. Guess what? My parents were once middle class. Now they're retiring. That is how economics works in the United States. But really, all that is about is trying to pay off all of his union cronies so they can then spend a bunch of money electing Democrats because the most corrupt bargain in American politics is that unions all over the country pay Democratic politicians so that those Democratic politicians give them giveaways. It's a, for, for a group of people who claim that they're against corporate cronyism and against corporations involving themselves in politics and corruption and campaign finance reform. The most openly corrupt bargain in politics is between big labor and the Democratic Party. Here's Joe Biden touting it. Wall Street didn't build this country. The middle class built the country and unions built the middle class. So that's why I'm calling on Congress 
to pass Protect the Right to Organize Act, the PRO Act, and send it to my desk so we can support the right to unionize. By the way, you know what the PRO Act actually does? It prevents workers from having a secret ballot election. It allows the unions to engage in what they call card check. So they can just bully you into voting for a union. That's what he wants. Again, all of this is not about making the economy better. All of this is about paying off his cronies, of course. Okay, but he's not going to stop there. We need a bunch of other legislation, too. He says we need $15 minimum wage, and we need the Paycheck Fairness Protection Act, which is basically just a vehicle for litigation. And he says, you know what? Government can do all the things. The most exciting thing about Joe Biden is he truly believes in his heart that government can do every single thing on earth. My favorite, he's been saying this for years, but it it is just a point of absurdity. He says that the federal government can end cancer today, presumably. So I want to know why Joe Biden didn't do it. He's been in the federal government his entire career. Does he have the secret? Is it Dr. Jill? She is the greatest doctor in America. Does Fauci have in his safe somewhere the solution to cancer? According to Joe Biden, we have the, he literally said last night, we have the power to end cancer. Anytime now, Joe, would be fan-frickin-tastic. We have the power to end cancer. I'm, I'm sorry, this is, It's such absurd, utopian, unicorn fart bullcrap. Here's Joe. We have the power to end cancer as we know it. Go for it, Joe. Let's end cancer as we know it. It's within our power. Okay, let's end cancer. It's within our power. Let's end end cancer. And these bastards over here, they want you to die of cancer because we could end cancer. But they and their their budgets and their science and bashing damage you build better. It's just ridiculous. But, but again, he has a utopian vision of government. Okay, but didn't stop there. Not only does the federal government have the power to just, you know, willy-nilly hire people. Not only does the federal government have the ability to willy-nilly raise wages and redo work rules. Not only does the federal government have the ability to build back better. They can, not only can they end cancer, they also are going to help American families by, wait for it, wait for it. They're going to spend a load of money. That's, I know, you, I know you're shocked. I know that you are just right now, you can't take it. That was, you were in suspense. What is Joe Biden going to do? I'm sorry to break it to you. He's going to spend more money. And he's going to spend more money on stuff that doesn't work. So says Joe Biden, you know how we're going to solve America's problems? You know how we're going to solve America's unemployment problems? The way we're going to solve America's problems and our economic problems is we are going to have the Federal Reserve inflate the dollar so that your kid can go major in lesbian dance theory at a community college to please Dr. Jill. It's super exciting stuff. He said he was introducing the American Families Plan tonight. We're going to add four years more of education. Because when I look at the K-12 through system in the United States, I say, wow, what a rousing success that's been. When I look at, at American public schooling, in which we have districts, in which like 10% of kids are graduating, I think, you know what? You know what probably the solution to that is? More money into public education. Probably what they need is more years of public education. That will totally solve the problem, guys. It'll be amazing. And we have to do it for Dr. Jill. The greatest of all doctors. I mean, a woman who can diagnose you with a need for a community college degree if you have gout. It's clip 11. We're going to add two free years of community college because Dr. Jill says we should because she wrote a bad dissertation for the University of Delaware where Joe Biden has a building dedicated to his name. Here is is Joe Biden talking about why Jill, community college professor, let's spend $100 billion for Jill or something. When you add two years of free community college on top of that, You begin to change the dynamic. Jill is a community college professor who teaches today as first lady. She's long said any country that out-educates us is going to out-compete us. She'll be deeply involved in leading this effort. Wow. Any any country that out-educates is going to out-compete us. So the way that we're going to educate people is by pouring more money into failing programs like Head Start. And we're going to pour more money into community colleges which again, there's very little evidence that a community college degree paid for by the government when you couldn't get a loan in the first place is going to radically shift the nature of your economic trajectory in the United States. But you know, it, it's fine. It's, it's all good because you know what? You're, you're saying, you're, now I know, I know some of you, you realists in the audience, you, you failed the op, you're not optimistic, you're too cynical. Some of you are saying things like, how could you, you know, we have to, we have to pay for this. How are we possibly going to pay for this? The good news is Joe Biden is going to pay for this. The way he's going to pay for this is he's going to yell at you about how rich people are bad. He's not actually going to come up with the money for it, but he's going to tell you rich people are super bad. He's going to soak the rich. That's the way he's going to pay for all of this garbage. He says we can do this without increasing deficits, which is just a lie. It is just an abject lie 
the, the CBO estimates that talk about not increasing deficits assume a 15-year trailing revenue source on taxation and an eight-year revenue source and an eight-year revenue suck on, on spending. That's not how that crap works, okay? Anyway, here's Joe Biden saying we can do this without increasing deficits. I made it clear we can do it without increasing the deficits. Let's start with what I will not do. I will not impose any tax increase on people making less than $400,000. But it's time for corporate America and the wealthiest 1% of Americans to just begin to pay their fair share. Just their fair share. Okay, now I understand there are a lot of people who don't like rich people because they think they don't quote unquote pay their fair share. Let me explain, you're just wrong. Okay, what do you mean by fair share? The reality is in the United States, the top percent of taxpayers pay all net taxes, all. Okay, when you take benefits that you get from the government against what you give to the government, the top 10% don't receive any benefits from the government hardly, and they pay a crap load in taxes. The notion that if you're in the middle class or at the bottom of the economic spectrum, that you're somehow being jobbed in the tax system relative to people who are at the top end of the tax spectrum, is just insane. Okay, I, I know because I've paid tax, having earned income in pretty much every tax bracket in the United States. And I can tell you, my rate last year in California was well over 50% in total just income tax. That doesn't include sales tax. It doesn't include property tax. It doesn't include any of the ancillary taxes. When he says, by the way, he's not going to increase taxes on people making less than $400,000 a year, this assumes you're a moron. I don't know. Maybe it's a safe assumption. I don't know you, but it assumes that you're an idiot because the reality is dollars are taxed, not people. What does that mean? That means that when a corporation is taxed, you get less income because the corporation that pays you is now paying more tax. It means the prices rise. You're getting taxed that way. It means that when he tries to raise the capital gains tax, that reduces investment in the stock market, which means there's less investment in the stock market, which means your 401k goes down. This notion that as long as he is not directly removing an income tax dollar from you in the middle class, it has no impact on you. If he raises taxes on everything else in the United States is just absurd. That's not how economics works. He knows it. He's just lying to you. And then he says, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to, I'm not punishing anyone. I'm just, I'm just going to do some class warfare here. I mean, this is Bernie Sanders stuff. It's amazing. So long as he doesn't sound like this, so long as he's not talking like this, he can just say the exact same thing while talking like this. About you. Here he is talking about how the rich suck and he's going to soak them in all this. You know what, Joe? Give up one of your houses and then we'll talk. I'm not looking to punish anybody. But I will not add a tax burden, additional tax burden to the middle class in this country. They're already paying enough. I believe what I propose is fair. Fiscally responsible. And it raises revenue to pay for the plans I propose and will create millions of jobs that will grow the economy and enhance our financial standing. He's losing his game here. You can hear it. When you hear someone say they don't want to raise taxes on the wealthiest 1% or corporate America, ask them whose taxes you want to raise. Instead, who's we going to cut? How about we cut everybody's taxes and we don't raise everybody's taxes? That's my answer. I don't want to raise anybody's taxes. I want to cut everybody's taxes and I want to spend less. That is the answer. Now, I understand that's an unpopular answer for some folks because they want their cake and they want to eat it too. They want to have lower taxes, but also spend more. But that's irresponsible. So you know it would be responsible? Cutting spending. That would be the responsible thing. And then Joe Biden finishes with this little doozy. He says, trickle-down economics has never worked. Okay, trickle-down economics is a term coined by the left during the Reagan administration to describe the basic way that supply-side economics works, which suggests that investment and entrepreneurship create businesses and you get paid by those businesses. That is how capitalism works. That is how free markets work. Free market economics always works. You know what doesn't work? The government confiscating vast quantities of wealth from job creators and companies and then giving it to people and then assuming that that's going to create economic growth. It artificially boosts GDP statistics. It does not create the forward momentum that an economy requires in order to create new products and services that you actually wish to consume. So here he was saying, oh, trickle down economic because he's living in 1983. My fellow Americans... Trickle down. Trickle down economics has never worked. And it's time to grow the economy from the bottom and the middle out. From the bottom and the middle and the middle out. From the bottom, uh, uh, he's starting to slur his words, right? You can see the, the train is beginning to slow. It is reaching the end of the line for Joe Biden. It's time to grow the economy from the bottom up and the middle out, which ironically is also the title of Hunter Biden's autobiography, Bottom Up and Middle Out. We'll get to more of Joe Biden's incredible State of the Union address 
in just one second because we didn't even get to the wild part yet, guys. Okay, seriously, there's there's wild stuff here. There's there's bizarre crap in them, their hills. We'll get to that in one second. First, let's talk about the greatest chair of all time. You know, you have a personalized mattress that you sleep on and you probably have a nice couch, but I'll tell you what you really need, a great office chair. I'm talking about like the best office chair I have ever sat in, the X chair. The X chair has you covered for your office chair needs. The secret is not only their patented dynamic variable lumbar support, which offers unbelievable lumbar support to your lower back. I get lower back problems and this chair is great for it. Now, thanks to their new XHMT technology, you can get heat and massage therapy while you are sitting at your desk. Instead of that old uncomfortable office chair, like the one I'm sitting in right now, now you can look forward to spending hours sitting in the ultimate therapeutic massager. The XHMT delivers heat and massage technology right to your core, helping increase blood flow, muscle recovery, and energy. All perks that make working from home or the office an absolute joy. We love the X chair. Right now, in our office, the producers have like one X chair, and basically we have Hunger Games-style battles to see who gets to sit in the X chair that day. The X chair is on sale right now for $100 off. Go to xchairshapiro.com right now. That is the letter X, chair, Shapiro, my name, S-H-A-P-I-R-O.com, or call 1-844-4-X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR is a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. Go to xchairshapiro.com right now. Use code XWheels for free X-Wheel blade casters, xchairshapiro.com. All righty, we'll get to more of Joe Biden's bizarre address last night in just one second. First, another high-energy episode of Candace is coming at you this Friday. This week, Candace hosts political commentator and interviewer Dave Rubin. They'll have a lot to discuss, including the recall election of California Governor Gavin Newsom and his new opponent, Caitlyn Jenner, because we live in a, in a comic book reality. Subscribe now. Stream Candace live on Fridays, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, only on Daily Wire to get 25% off a new membership with code Candace at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Also an added treat for you, I... Your favorite, your favorite, favorite president, favorite podcasters. I also am on Candace's show. Make sure you grab the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever your platform of choice may be. Just head over to Apple Podcasts on Spotify and subscribe to Candace today. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So Joe Biden really did backload a lot of the wildest stuff in the speech. So all of the spending we're going to give you free daycare. We're going to give you free three and four-year-old Head Start programs and free community college and free this and free that and a free blueberry for every person and two belly buttons. Right? We're going we're gonna to do everything you could possibly. That was actually not the wild part of the speech. The wild part of the speech is when he started talking about race and guns and immigration. This is where it got real weird, real fast. Okay, so he started talking about how America is deeply racist. So he starts off the speech with America's great. Uh, it's, a, it's a great, amazing, filled with amazing middle-class Better back badugu. And, and also, but you're racist. So here was Joe Biden saying that you're racist. My fellow Americans, look, we have to come together to heal the soul of this nation. We've all seen the knee of injustice on the neck of black Americans. Now's our opportunity to make some real progress. The vast majority of men and women wearing a uniform and a badge serve our communities and they serve them honorably. My fellow Americans, we have to come together to rebuild trust between law enforcement and the people they serve, to root out systemic racism in our criminal justice system. Okay, stop it there. We don't need the rest of this. Okay, so there, there are a few things that are worthy of note here. One, when he says we've seen the knee of injustice on the neck of black America, this again goes back to something I've been saying for the last couple of weeks. Derek Chauvin was convicted of murder and manslaughter, but he was convicted of something of which he was not even accused, being a racist. And America was convicted on the basis of that, of being racist, systemically racist. And Joe Biden just continues to lie about that. That's why he says things like the knee of injustice on the neck of black America, because Derek Chauvin is a stand-in for the racist, bigoted, vicious American system. Also, cops are all wonderful, but they are systemic bigots, right? This is, this is just bizarre, stupid crap. And Joe Biden pushes it because, again, he needs a crisis in order to manufacture all the things that he wants to do. Another crisis that allows him to manufacture this sort of stuff. He says that gun violence is an epidemic in America, an epidemic. Again, I, we just had an epidemic. I'm pretty sure it's not. Like a, a shooting in Chicago doesn't make me pick up my gun and go shoot somebody. That's, that's just ridiculous. But here he was doing this routine. He says gun violence is an epidemic in America. And then he starts talking about like deer in Kevlar vests or, or something. This is where he starts just rambling into, into weird territory. Have you ever seen a deer or a Kevlar vest? I saw one time a wolf. And Wolf wore a cashmere sweater. And it was weird. Gave me a hug. Pet him like Corn Pop's leg. And you don't need a gun. There's Joe Biden. 
There's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a weapon. What do you think, deer wearing Kevlar vests? You're getting Kevlar in the jubu. Um, number one, if deer don't wear Kevlar vests, but sometimes bad guys do too, does he really think that getting rid of 100 round clips is going to somehow or 100-round magazines, is somehow going to lower gun violence. When was the last time you saw somebody commit a shooting only with that weapon? Like, seriously, how many, how many homicides in America are caused by 100-round magazines? Okay, beyond which, forget the magazines. You're just going to have people walking around with bandoliers, right? <laughs> It'd be like an old Western, whatever. This is all ridiculous. Then he suggested that white supremacy is terrorism. Now, this was a departure, okay? Some of this stuff was ad-libbed. And when Joe Biden ad-libs, ad-libs you're in wild territory. So Joe Biden on script is bad enough. Joe Biden ad-libbing, he's out in space somewhere. So he was talking about the intelligence community and how white supremacist terrorism is a threat in the United States, which is true. There are white supremacist terrorists and they do do violence. We have seen that. But he didn't say white supremacist terrorism. He went off script and he said something else entirely, something that actually is quite dangerous. Okay, here's, here's what Joe Biden said with regard to terrorism. And we won't ignore what our intelligence agency have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. We're not going to ignore that either. He didn't say white supremacist terrorism. We can stop it there. Okay, when he says white, it should have been white supremacist terrorism. That's an actual label. When he says white supremacy is terrorism right there, that means something very different. Because just think of all the headlines that you've seen in the past few months. Everything is white supremacy, according to the left. Everything they don't like is white supremacy. And educational inequality is white supremacy. Systemic policing is white supremacy. Hand sanitizer is white supremacy. Everything is white supremacy. So if white supremacy is terrorism, and you're going to use the power of the federal government to crack down on white supremacy, then by the transitive property, everything you don't like is terrorism. This is why you shouldn't let Joe Biden off the chain to ad lib because you end up in weird situations. Okay, then he talked about immigration reform. And, he, and th- this, this honestly was one of the best parts of the speech because he talked about how politicians have failed to do immigration reform while there are tens of thousands of children being held in, ca- being held in, in cages on the border. And then he's like, you know, my solution to that is he said this last night. His solution to that was to pass legislation to make it easy for the dreamers to stay, create a pathway to citizenship for farm workers, and put permanent protections on immigrants for temporary protected status. So in other words, we have a crisis on the border with people washing into the border by the tens of thousands. And the only solutions he mentioned last night have nothing to do with border security, nothing. Even border Democrats, like Mark Kelly, they're like, I didn't hear anything about the the border there that actually makes any sense. Okay, and then Joe Biden came to his long-awaited conclusion. This sucker went on for an hour and a half. And it was like, listening to a, an old story from your grandparents and they're starting to doze off and you're starting to doze off and everybody's starting to doze off and Ted Cruz is starting to doze off, literally. Okay, so he, he concludes with this. He suggests something so absurd and dystopian that it, it sort of beggars the imagination. He says that the insurrection was an existential crisis for the democracy. And then he says something about government and America that is just fundamentally untrue. The insurrection was an existential crisis, a test of whether our democracy could survive, and it did. But the struggle is far from over. The question of whether our democracy will long endure is both ancient and urgent. As old as our republic, still vital today. Our Constitution opens with the words, as trite as it sounds, we the people. Well, it's time to remember that we the people are the government, you and I, not some force in a distant capital not some powerful force that we have no control over. It's us. It's we the people. This is a fundamental lie. The government is not us. The government is a group of people elected by us to check and balance each other and participate in limited, enumerated powers to protect our individual rights. I am not the government. You are not the government. The government is not me. The government is my agent. And the government is supposed to have checks and balances to prevent it from becoming simple mob rule. When he says the government is us, what he means is there should be no obstacles to my utopian and bizarre agenda. That's what he means. He means no checks and balances because after all, why are you worried about government? Government's you. He means that Joe Biden is me. I'm Joe Biden and Joe Biden is me. And therefore we have a complete confluence of interest because I don't oppose me. He's a damned liar. The fundamental basis of the Constitution of the United States 
is that the government is not us, which is why we should worry about what the government does, which is why there should be enumerated powers, which is why checks and balances do matter. It's why we have federalism. It's why we have all of these systems that are designed to prevent the government from invading individual rights. The government is not us because we are individuals. But Democrats hate individuals. They like the we collectively because the we collectively allows them to ram down whatever they damn well please on individuals. This is Joe Biden's vision. Okay, this is radicalism dressed up in the guise of an old man wandering around a nursing home. That is Joe Biden's vision for the country. And he's going to go balls out for as long as he is president of the United States on this thing. And he, he, he does not care. I mean, he, he is willing to go all the way on this. So I know a lot of people out there are like, Joe Biden's not threatening. No, he is deeply threatening. He's deeply threatening specifically because he plays at being non-threatening, because he seems non-threatening. But if you actually read that speech, that is the single most radical address to a joint session of Congress of my lifetime. It makes Barack Obama seem like a piker. He wants to spend more money than has ever been created, completely rewrite the nature of the relationship between the federal government and the individual. And he wants to say that he's doing it in your name because the government is you. The government is not you. Joe Biden is not me. I don't want Joe Biden anywhere near anything that belongs to me, including my individual rights, because I don't trust him with any of those things. And you should not either if you have a bone of sanity in your body. All righty. So all of that led up to a response by Tim Scott. So Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, of course, a, a key figure hated by the left because he happens to be a black Republican. And these are folks that ask Candace Owens, ask Shelby Steele, ask Thomas Sowell. The most hated people in America by Democrats are black Republicans. According to the Democrats, they are race traitors, which is why you saw, by the way, Uncle Tim trending last night. I'm not kidding. You had white people calling Tim Scott Uncle Tim after like Uncle Tom, which is just delightful. You know why they were pissed at Tim Scott? I kid you not. The reason they were pissed at Tim Scott is because Tim Scott had the temerity to say America's not racist. So leftists were like, that's a lie. America is racist. You know how we know America's racist? Because we're racist. There's a certain irony to people whining that Tim Scott said that America is not racist. Tim Scott should know. He's a black man in America who has reached wild levels of success. They say, how dare you, Tim Scott, say that America is not racist? Yeah, Uncle Tom. It's like, no, you're just racist. That's all. Anyway, so Tim Scott gets up and he gives what was, uh, I think, a pretty good speech. I think, frankly, it started off a little slow and then it really heated up. And by the time he got to the end, it was really, really good. So he begins. It's, it's the only State of the Union response address I've heard that I actually thought was of benefit to both the Republican Party and the person who gave the speech. And I've seen a lot of them, ranging from Marco Rubio and the famous water bottle thing to Bob McDonald, the, the former governor of Virginia, speaking to a house in like the sort of stilted way. In any case, here was Tim Scott. He says that um, basically Joe Biden made a promise and now he's violating his promise, which of course is true. He promised to unite a nation, to lower the temperature, to govern for all Americans, no matter how we voted. This was the pitch. You just heard it again. But our nation is starving for more than empty platitudes. We need policies and progress that brings us closer together. But three months in, the actions of the president and his party are pulling us further and further apart. And of course, this is true. And then he continues and he says, you know, Joe Biden wants to define what your life is going to be like for you, but that's not the way that America is supposed to work. He says the American dream is about you defining that for yourself. The beauty of the American dream is that families get to define it for themselves. We should be expanding opportunities and options for all families, not throwing money at certain issues because Democrats think they know best. Okay, 100% true. Now, here's the part that really, really pissed off the left is when Tim Scott started to talk about race because black people are not supposed to think this way, according to Democrats. Democrats are racial essentialists. They believe that black people are all supposed to vote Democrat because they say that black people have no agency in America because of white supremacy. But Tim Scott says, no, black people do have agency because all individuals in America have agency. And, and Tim Scott says a mature adult thing, which is just because you have experienced racism from individuals does not implicate the entire system of the United States, which, of course, is true. As a Jew in the United States, I've experienced some anti-Semitism. I was the number one target of online anti-Semitism in 2016. That does not mean that America is systemically anti-Semitic. Okay, so Tim Scott makes a rather mature point here. Right, so he starts off by saying, listen, I've experienced some racism myself. Again, you're not supposed to say this if you're Tim Scott, because the, the immediate follow up for Democrats is if you say I've experienced racism, the immediate next line is supposed to be because America is racist. That's how you get the bizarre spectacle of LeBron James sitting on his billion dollars while doing propaganda work for China, talking about how America is deeply racist and terrible to black people. Here's Tim Scott saying, listen, I've gone through some racism myself. It happens to lots of people. 
I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives, by liberals. Just last week, a national newspaper suggested my family's poverty was actually privilege. But, says Tim Scott, that does not mean that America is racist. He says the only thing that's racist right now is the Democrats who are pushing racial essentialism and racial division in order to gain what they want politically. A hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all. By doubling down on the divisions, we've worked so hard to heal. You know this stuff is wrong. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. And it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. That's spectacular stuff. Fantastic, spectacular stuff there from Senator Tim Scott. And this, of course, earned him the unremitting ire of the media because how dare he point out the absolute truth, which is that they use charges of systemic racism in order to cudgel you into silence, in order to shut you up, in order to violate your individual rights. How dare he? And Tim Scott didn't stop there, right? He actually explained how they do this. He said, you guys, you want to racially polarize us so that you can use racism in order to get us to shut up about your violations of individual rights and constitutional bargains. He says, for example, he used H.R. 1 as an example, right? This is the federal the federalizing of basically all state congressional races and all elections. And H.R. 1 is a disaster area. It basically enshrines the possibility of voter fraud and enshrines ballast harvesting. It gets rid of voter security measures in virtually every state. It federalizes elections. That is a violation of the Constitution because states are supposed to draw up the way that they do their own elections. That was not given. The states never would have allowed the federal government to do that, ever. Okay, in the compact that was the Constitution of the United States. It never would have gotten signed if that had been in the Constitution of the United States. It's just blatantly unconstitutional. But more than that, Tim Scott makes the point, you know, you guys are talking about the Georgia voter law. The Georgia voter law is not racist. The Georgia voter law is more permissive than, for example, New York's voter law. But you guys are lying about that. Because the whole point of you constantly talking about race is that you can ram through an agenda that really has nothing to do with race. This is not about civil rights or our racial past. It's about rigging elections in the future. And no, the same filibuster that President Obama and President Biden praised when they were senators, the same filibuster that the Democrats used to kill my police reform bill last year has not suddenly become a racist relic just because the shoe is now on the other foot. Race is not a political weapon to settle every issue the way one side wants. It's far too important. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, with inflation on the rise, 20 bucks barely gets you anything these days. In most restaurants, you can't get a burger and fries for under that. How about it like at the gas pump? Well, you might be able to get like a quarter of a gallon or something. I mean, like really, gas is getting very expensive. But from my cell phone company, Pure Talk, you can get unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk gives you the same quality of service as your current cell phone provider, but for half the cost. I want to ensure you heard that. This is top-tier coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the cost of other carriers. The average family will save almost 1000 bucks a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can switch to Pure Talk with the phone and phone number you currently use, or you can take advantage of their great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Making the switch is incredibly easy. Their U.S. customer service team can help you join Pure Talk in as little as 10 minutes. Choose to spend your hard-earned money with a wireless company that shares your values, supports our military and veterans, a company that creates American jobs and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Don't spend another day spending ridiculous amounts of money on your phone plan. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Right now, my listeners can get an additional 50% off their very first month of coverage. That's puretalk.com slash Shapiro. He is, of course, exactly right about this. But the fact that he's exactly right about this is why the media are so upset about it. So MSNBC had a whole panel where they said they were embarrassed for Tim Scott. They weren't embarrassed. For the senile old man warbling out $10 trillion of spending to an empty chamber filled with uselessly massed morons? No, they weren't embarrassed for Biden. They're embarrassed for Tim Scott for saying true things about race. This is MSNBC in a nutshell right here. 
People see him as being genuine in trying to work on criminal justice reform. And rather than make even one single salutary point on that, he came out and lied about the Georgia bill, saying it's easier to vote in Georgia than in New York. I am I am shocked and a bit embarrassed for him. This was a lost opportunity. Tim Scott has an opportunity to make his mark on criminal justice reform, and this ain't going to do it. She's unbelievable. He tried to pass a criminal justice reform bill last year, and it was it was filibustered by the now vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. By the way, if anybody ought to be embarrassed by by anything, it's Joy Reid, who came out in the last week, last two days, and said that she jogs double masked outside like an idiot after being vaccinated, like a pathological lunatic. I'm talking about somebody who's a complete embarrassment to the public discourse. Joy Reid, each and every day, proves herself an embarrassment to the public discourse. Okay, but don't worry, the media, the same media who are ripping Tim Scott up and down because Tim Scott's very, very bad, they're praising Joe Biden to the skies. So Jonathan Capehart told the obviously abject lie that Joe Biden, his his address had the same energy as other addresses, um, which is like saying that a potato battery has the same level of energy as a Tesla battery. That's, no, Joe Biden was like, if you could have hooked up a heart rate monitor to Joe Biden, he was barely alive. Okay, he was nearly flatlined last night. But here's Jonathan Capehart trying to pump him up. I thought this was, despite, you know, having maybe a quarter of the people who are normally there, uh, I agree with Lisa, it was a much more intimate speech. But I also think, not being in the room, but watching on television, it still, for me, had the same energy. And I think a little more focus because we were not distracted by taunts or boos. So much energy, so much brilliance, so much wonder. And if you look at the headlines from the media, it's the, same, it's the same thing. The media are just the propaganda wing for this party. The actual headline last night is Joe Biden proposes more spending than has ever been proposed by man or God. And old man shouts at moon, right? That, that, those were the two headlines. Instead, here are the headlines from the Washington Post, which are just propaganda headlines. Biden pitches his ambitious investment and tax plans as he recasts the role of government. By the way, it took one, two, three, four, five, six, seven reporters to write that headline. Biden pitches his ambitious investment. It's ambitious and it's an investment. You see, they use exactly the same language that he uses. It's not an investment. It's not his money. I cannot quote unquote invest money that I remove from you and just give to another guy with no return. That's not an investment. Okay, here's another headline from the Washington Post. All of this was on the headline of the Washington Post page today. America is on the move again. Biden seeks to reassure nation reeling from a pandemic in remarks to Congress. Who's reeling? Maybe you're reeling. I'm not reeling. I'm in Florida. Everything's great. We're good. Here's the New York Times front page. Okay, this is from their webpage. Here are all of the, like, here are all the articles. You ready? Biden makes case to vastly expand government's role. We have to prove democracy still works, he says. President Biden laid out an ambitious agenda to rewrite the American social compact by vastly expanding family leave, child care, and health care. Taken together, the collection of initiatives suggest a breathtaking scope of change sought by a president who spent a lifetime as a more conventional lawmaker. The succession of proposals amounts to a risky gamble that a country deeply polarized along ideological lines is ready for a more activist government. And then there's a picture of him being applauded, of course, by Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris. And then underneath it says, Vice President Kamala Harris and Speaker Nancy Pelosi make history on dais. Wow, ladies with their ladiness. President Biden kicked off his address with a string of words no American president has ever said before. Madam Vice President and Madam Speaker. Okay, I have a question. Define woman. I've been informed that gender is completely malleable, so why do you care? You can't even say that those people are women if they don't say they're women. So well done, media. According to the media, Tim Scott was terrible last night and Joe Biden was magnificent. And then you wonder why trust in the media is at an all-time low. Here's the thing. All this is going to come home to roost. Joe Biden ain't going to be able to pass all of this stuff because he can't. Reconciliation doesn't apply to many of the things that he's talking about. He's going to try and ram through as much as he possibly can very, very quickly. He's going to overheat the dollar. The dollar is going to inflate. There will be actual costs to you. There will be costs to your business. There will be costs to your life. And then Joe Biden will wander off. He'll just wander off just like he frequently does. Just kind of like walk off and you won't know where he is. And then there'll be a legacy written about him by Jonathan Alter or by Michael Bishloss about what a wonderful president he was. And you'll just be stuck with the bill. So recognize what this was last night. It was an attempt to bludgeon you in submission by saying America is bad. And also trust this nice old man to completely change the nature of government in the United States. Don't fall for it. Just because the nice old man seems like a nice old man doesn't mean that what he's proposing is nice or decent or good or prosperous for the United States. It's none of those things. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of the Ben Shapiro Show coming up soon. The Matt Walsh Show airs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. Ben Shapiro. 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. President Biden delivered a long, rambling, and at times barely intelligible speech to Congress last night. Parents are volunteering their babies for COVID vaccine trials. A track runner in Oregon collapses after being forced to run with a mask. And Steve Harvey claims men and women cannot be platonic friends. Is he wrong or exactly 100% correct? All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show.